thank you once again for joining us here at a moment of analysis of Cincinnati Bearcat football podcast. How are you today, Matt? I am well. 10 and 0, number five in the college football playoff. Still taking care five. of business. What more can you ask for? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, you know, people were people are always expecting to drop every week, and I'm sitting and me, I'm just sitting back like, where, why would they drop us this week? I mean, I know their explanations, and it, there's no, there's no real logic. But when you add a tiny bit of logic, right, the the minuscule piece of logic is like, where are they going to drop us? Why would they drop us? So. Um, well, yeah, I mean, but you, the, the thing is, they cannot drop us if the teams that are all ahead of us are going to lose. Right. Because then you're in a real, then you're in a real pickle mentally. Yeah. You got you to do a lot of justifying. And that's, that's their job. That's what they do. I'm sure they can figure something out, but, but yeah. The gymnastics they would prefer would be too much, to though. avoid the situation. Yeah, just the mental gymnastics they would have to do is just too much. That for even for them, I think. So they just rather avoid it. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> uh, all right. So there's no real entertainment or anything crazy happened this week to really go over. Um, we, you know, you go in, you win, and you move on, right? And that's what it looked like this week against USF, but a little bit better. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Um, I guess we can start with defense real quick and then go offense. Yeah. Um, go ahead. So that was by far the best half of defense they played since the first half of the UCF game. Um, yes. doing all like they they do all the things that they do really well. They attack downhill. Um, caused a. a a lot of havoc plays at the halftime. The havoc rate was at 30%. Um, you know, generally the best defenses in the country, they're hovering around 22, 20, somewhere in that range. Uh, yeah. So if you can get above 30 for a half, you're doing really well. Um, and, you know, they they got them in the position where, you know, the you basically put their game into garbage time in the first drive of the second half. You know, right. it's, it's 31-7. By definition, that is garbage time. Um, and they played like it in the second half. I mean, they just kind of lost focus for sure. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it is. Uh, you know, they weren't as sharp as they usually were. The injuries mm-hmm. started to mount up. I mean, it's a variety of factors. Oh, the injuries, yeah. the lack of focus. Um, and then the other thing was, you know, Trestle still hasn't figured out that middle ground in terms of aggressiveness. Right. Um He's either all the way in or all the way out. There's no kind of middle ground. He's like, he's at a zero or he's at a 10. Right. He needs to find that five and kind of live there, especially when you're up big in a conference game on the road. You just need to maintain. Um, and that being said, it's not as though they just sat back and got really vanilla in that second half. I mean, credit to UC- USF. They made some plays. Timmy McLean is going to be a very, very good player. Um he, he makes the kind of plays that that Des made when he was a freshman that gives you so much hope and excitement because you realize what the potential is there. Um, mm-hmm. He's got pretty good skill position, you know, skill weapons around him. And, you know, they, they, they made some plays. That, that just kind of is what it is. I mean, it, the only reason we're talking about this game being close is that on five, you know, third and longs, 
situations where you usually easily gets off the field. They just couldn't convert for a variety of reasons. Um, some of execution, some of it lack of aggression, some of it mm-hmm. putting players in positions where they're not really comfortable and aren't really good at. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are nitpicks because the whole performance was so much better than anything that they've shown to this point. So, I mean, I mean, not to this point. Like, they've had better defensive games. The Notre Dame game was a master class. Um, but this was the guess, best game, most aggressive game, most forward. You know, they were on the front foot the entire time. Yeah. And that's really what you want. No, 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 I agree. Uh, for me, I, do, I, think, I think Trestle called an amazing game during the first half. The second half, he kind of – I messaged you on a, on a Twitter – you know, uh, cookies, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. And that's that's really, really what it is. And if you listen to the last podcast, you know, um, Fickle has this this cookie addiction, pretty much, uh, you know, soft defense, right? Like where, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, cover two corners uh, type thing where, you know, you kind of yeah. sit back. I mean, it's, um, it's that basic right. Big Ten defense. Like right. Iowa's a perfect example this year because Iowa – Iowa catches you as an, as, a, as an offense, whatever you're doing. They catch you. Right, right. They don't really attack you. Right. They kind of play on that back foot and kind of react to what you do. They make you earn your way down the field. They don't give up the big explosives. Um, they and do that enough hurt with them, their though. front. Yes. They do enough yeah. with their front to cause confusion and make quarterbacks right. make bad decisions. Right. But generally, they're playing on that back foot. They're not really attacking in a downhill manner like this defense for UC right. does when it works so well. Right. And so for me, you know, we've seen that and I was like, he's falling back into it. The thing I recognize about Trestle is that to me, he calls an aggressive defense better than he calls the other defense. Like just from my perspective, it's like he is like it's like he's able to do what he always wanted to do. Somebody's finally saying, hey, yeah, do that thing you always wanted to do. But then like he's so conditioned and it like so conditioned to run the softer big 10 defenses that he just goes back to it. He, and it's like, no, be comfortable. Tressel. You can do this now. Nobody's going to get mad at you. If you do exotic blitzes and whatnot, just have fun. And he's like, I can't, <laughs> like, I can for half, but like Notre Dame, the Notre Dame game is almost like, almost like he was just like, I don't care in the Notre Dame yeah. game. Right. But every game well, that's that's a yeah. that's a nothing to lose game. Exactly. And, and all these conference games are something to lose. Right. Um and, and like that's what really shown through in this game is that it's not that Trestle is not comfortable being aggressive, it's mm. that the baseline level of aggression that this group of players is comfortable with is right. much higher than his. Yeah. And yeah. because they are so much more comfortable playing aggressive they like when they are supposed to take a foot off the gas a little bit, they don't know how to do it because they haven't really done it before. It's it's a new, it's a new thing for them. They have been such a downhill attacking. We're going to dictate terms to the offense. And if you beat us, you beat us. Mm -hmm. Um, And and like in the second half, it's not just like credit to USF. They made a lot of really good plays. They they caught, they caught UC in some bad looks. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's like they kind of went away from what worked so well in the mm-hmm. second half. And then, like, there's the other, like, 
so on the big touchdown to, to, to Horn, they caught UC in a six-man blitz. Like yeah. this, the six-man blitzes are what Michigan State was notorious for at the peak right. of the D'Antonio <laughs> era. They were innovators in that because no one else could figure out how they taught it. No one else could figure out how they did what they do. And to summarize it, to make it like really basic for kind of layman, you know, for the average person. So in a six-man blitz, the traditional way to do it would be to go what they call cover zero, which is man-on-man mm -hmm. with all five eligible receivers. Right. That's not really a safe blitz because one guy slips, one guy falls down, one guy gets beat, touchdown. Right. Right. So they went they, – they did a six-man blitz, and this is something that they have done a lot of times before. It's not new. It, it's something that they've been doing a lot. They did a, right. they did a ton against Notre Dame. Right. But the problem with the six-man blitz is you call you, what you play is what they call hot coverage. So the way you see structures it is you have basically cover three over the top, mm -hmm. usually with your two corners and one of the safeties, and then you have hot coverage underneath. And what the hot coverage does, it's supposed to be looking for the easy outlets because the quarterback knows if I see six, I don't have time. Right. So the ball's got to come out quick. Right. There's only so many routes that you can run that are quick over the middle that can be spotted up real quick. Quick slant, yeah. Quick slants, quick ends, yeah. you know, angle angle routes from the running backs. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much about as, as much as you can do against a six-man blitz right. if you don't pick it up. So what they did was they did that little five-yard dig. Mm -hmm. and, and this is the other factor about that play is you had your backup nickel in, backup safety in. Yeah, yeah. Actually, two backup safeties in at that point, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Threats? No, it wasn't threats. It was Dingle. Dingle, but you had Taj Ward as well. And that's not Taj Ward's strength. This that man. No, I mean, like they just got caught. Yeah. Um, Sauce got out leveraged to the football. He yeah. should have been in better position to make a tackle on that, but he didn't. Right. I mean, like, I, I'm not. I you, you're not going to make a lot of money. Uh critiquing the the one or two things the sauce does bad oh, in yeah, the year no yeah um that's literally the only thing he did wrong all game right so like they got caught it, it happens and that's the problem it's not the problem it's just to run that blitz well to run those blitz packages well requires a high level of investment yeah and invest and by investment i mean time on the practice field coaching mm -hmm. that so that all the people know when we go to this look when this is what we do. These are the routes you need to look for. This is what you, this is where the ball is going to go. This is how the route is going to be run because it's the only way it can be run where it can actually get out and be successful. Right. But you had a bunch of people who didn't get the level of practice with that look that Javon Hicks, Brian Cook, mm. Arquan Bush got with that. You had a whole bunch of backups in there. Right. I mean, it happens. Like you're up. You're up yeah. 31 to set. You're up 31 to seven. There is 25 minutes left in the game. Yeah, you can start rolling backups at that point. That's right. I mean, shit. When I played NCA, I'd roll them at fucking 25. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't care because I wanted right. to get my young guys looks. I wanted right. that five star freshman to feel like, yeah, I'm playing. I'm invested. I, I'm not going to hit the transfer portal. Right. Right. No. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, like they just got caught in a in a blitz. Um, a blitz they've been very successful with, but it's one that is high risk, high reward. Yes. The, the rewards have been very high all season. Yeah. This was 
this was the risk. No, no, and that's why I was telling people on the message board that we that we visit um, is that this is a high risk, high reward defense in general. Um, you know, and, and a lot of times our rewards have been higher than the risk because we have the players to mitigate the risk. Uh, and so, you know, for us, we just gotta, you know, we gotta stay aggressive, you know, and, and keep the, uh, you know, uh, the foot on the pedal. Uh, we don't really have the linebackers to really cover in space, particularly naming no names, the middle linebacker. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, defensive tackle. Exactly. And, you know, uh, so we just need to figure, like you said, uh, trust need to figure out that's a uh, comfortable space uh, between, you know, doing uh dropping eight and, and, you know, uh, rushing six. So, uh, yeah, that's really yeah. where we are with that. Yeah, so, well, and the other complaints. Is, yeah. that's that's probably the last time. I mean, I hope we get in that situation again. Yeah. But realistically, we're probably not going to be up by that margin at any point the rest of the season. Probably not. Probably we got not. we got three really good teams. I mean, yeah. ECU's they're not really good. They're okay. They're better than they were last year, but they're not great. But Houston's really good. SMU is really good on offense. We'll get to their defense. Um, right. But you're you're not going to have the luxury to just dial everything back and sit back. Like you're not going to really have no, the time to do that. No, not at all. Uh, because SMU quarterback will pick you apart if you give him time. Uh, and then, you know, but with that, you know, we, you know, we have, so have the, you have, so speaking on uh, offense and defense, um, let's go ahead and go to the UC offense. Um, this game, uh, they, let me say something. Because a lot of people, Dembrock play calling in this game was outstanding. It was a masterclass by him. It was the best he's, it's the best game he's called his entire tenure here. Absolutely. And it's one of those things where we've been calling for it all season. Like, hey, the, the offense you have is not the offense you want. That's just the truth, <laughs> you know? And so you're going to have to adjust to what you have. And yeah, this game, he's finally was like, okay, I get it. Especially without Ford, right? Yeah. Because all it, all it, all of the backs he had outside of Ethan were ones that are good in space, and so he kind of had to play it that way. And you know, between the Dez runs that he called, and 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 you know the the pass plays, the the, the just the just the you know picking the team apart, going down the field, giving them what they I mean taking what they gave and just being willing to just take what they gave and not try to force anything and call the plays to kind of because what USF was doing was not letting them get the deep stuff and so they just took what they gave yeah and and USF refused to get out of that they were like if we're going to get beat we're not getting beat deep and UC just kept taking it and I loved it I loved every minute of it yeah and like and like so this was the first time all season that UC has not had a pass play above 20 yards. Actually, right. they had one. Um, but usually they've been averaging about four or four and a half. Um, mm -hmm. They only had one in this game. It was to Wiley. They did not have, by EPA, estimated, estimated points added, they did not have any explosive passing plays. So that's the first time all year that's happened. Right. Um, but it didn't matter because they were just so surgical underneath. Yeah. Um, like there was just nothing, there was nothing that, that USF could do. And like, that is a, 
that is a team that you can see that is growing into itself. Yes. They're, they are not there. They're a ways away, but they're better now than they were. I mean, the first time they really showed life was in the second half of the game against BYU. Um, they're getting the doors blown off and inexplicably made it a game in the fourth quarter by yeah. just not stopping. Um, oh yeah. They have that thing where they just refuse to give up. Yeah. yeah. Like this is like Temple quit. USF right. hasn't quit. Like no. they are, they're going full, full go. I wouldn't be shocked to see them win the next two. I mean, UCF is going to be tough, but I think they can do it because UCF yeah. is kind of in disarray right now. Um, but yeah, like they, they took exactly what the, the defense was giving them and they were so, what really stood out to me was how physical they were on the perimeter. Usually when yes. you think of perimeter runs, you're not thinking about any sort of physicality. It's kind of a finesse thing to get the ball right. out on the, on, out on the edge quickly where there's fewer bodies. That's usually, you know, the Neanderthal would say that's what teams who can't play big burly man ball do is they play the game out there on the numbers. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. But all right, three and seven. <laughs> but what you see, like they were just overwhelming at the right. point of attack. Um, like the the U, USF had was down to three corners, and by the end of the game, I I hope all three are there for this. Yes, one, is, yes. is how I would phrase that. They they did not have a good time. No. Um, and like it's not just that you're getting offensive linemen out there you know, on screen passes and, and these quick pitches, like these receivers block yes. really well. Yeah. And that's not something that you see is really taken advantage of outside of the Miami game until Friday, mm-hmm. but they really took advantage of that. And they're going to have to continue to do that because the same week, like SMU is, they are strong up front. They are weak on the perimeter. They are not good in the secondary at all. They are not physical. Mm-hmm. They do not contest anything. They don't want to no. play that kind of game. No. Um, so that's an area where they're going to be able to have success again next week. You know, when we, when we get to that point, but I just right. thought that the, the game plan itself to get, you know, you're, you're down your top running back. Um, you got guys who are better in space. So you put them in space. It's really simple. It's a right. simple game when you come down to it and right. it, like when you're not trying to do stuff that you're not very good at, you look a lot better. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Speaking running backs, let's for a minute, because this is my specialty and, and this is where I got excited. Um, First of all, let me say either right. I don't think he got that first down, but because he manned his way to that first down, I feel like the rest was like, yeah, that just, yeah, he, he got yeah, it. That's, that's cool. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, he did enough for that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I like Ethan Wright was a man. Now, Ethan Wright needs patience. That's one thing. That's the only thing he has to really get his game to the next level. If he develops some patience and stop going yeah. 100% every time he touched that ball, you know, uh, he's going to be really, really good. He's going to be really good. Yeah. Uh, I think he – you, you can tell that the, uh, the, the memo was, hey, Ethan, you need to give your blocks time. Yeah. Like, this doesn't happen – this isn't high school anymore. Right. You can't just – Outrun everybody because you're a better athlete, right? Which he did a lot, yeah. Um, but yeah, like he was just so physical at the point of attack, and like he doesn't look like he would be a physical back just by looking at him, he looks like a safety, yeah. But he is, he is the tough tackle man, but he's like 215, so he's a big guy, like he's not, 
He's not. He just looks slimmer than what he is. Um, yeah, I mean, he looks like a like I said, he looks yeah. like a safety. He looks yeah. like a big rangy safety. And and it was just. And then you got Ryan Montgomery. Who? Let me. Ryan Montgomery usually dances in the backfield, and it makes me angry when I see it. And I'd be like, if you don't hit the hole, sir. And this game, he's he just put his foot in the ground and hit holes this game. And and, and that last run, when he put his phone on the ground and then spun in the hole and re- then broke like five tackles, I was like, what? What did they what did they tell this boy? Because they told him something happened <laughs> within the last three games. They had a conversation yeah. with him or something. I don't know, but he just looked different today. I mean today, but the USF game. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, he is, I mean, it's, it's such a relief to know that that is there in reserve. Right. You know, we, I would anticipate that Jerome Ford is going to play on oh, Saturday, absolutely. but yeah. we don't know. And yeah. injuries are not discussed and we will not know until Saturday, you know, pay attention uh, to Chad Brendel's tweets and Justin Williams tweets <laughs> exactly. about two 30. You'll yeah. find out if there's yeah. any injuries, anybody out. Um, Ford yeah, seemed annoyed he couldn't really, play last like, week, though. He he was fully dressed. He I think he yeah. So I think he's just so yeah. Well, and I want him to get the the single season rushing record, and he was on pace to fucking shatter it. Yeah. And it's gonna get a little hairy now, because there's only four games left. And he's but at this game, eight yards. From what I seen, and, this game could and he be... needs to get to like fourteen hundred. If they give him that ball though on a perimeter, this game could get like if if they give Ford the ball on the perimeter, this game coming up, it's gonna be interesting. Let's just say that. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh yeah. but yeah, I, I mean I think the, the backs played well in reserve. Yep. You know, they're they're not Jerome Ford, they can't replace him. No, um, yeah. not any one of them as a collective. They did a, a decent job of that on Friday. Um but yeah, I, I think they played well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Shouts out to to Vinny McConnell for stepping in for Jake Renfro, who's been dealing with that hip all season long. Real quick, um, it seemed like once Vinny got back in, because he's he's the old guy. It's yeah. like the line kind of shored up. It's like almost like they got that veteran presence again. All of a sudden, the line was like, "Oh, we know what we're doing again." Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I I think Renfro does a good job of getting them in good spots. Right. Um, but like the, the struggles for the offensive line the last couple of weeks aren't really on the offensive line as much as it's on the 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 play calling to not put them in a position to do what they do best. That's true. You know, that's true. You know, like I, I want to see Mets out by the numbers running a terrified defensive back into the ground. That's what yes. I want to see. Yes. They kind of clear uh, out wanna, when they see him, right? They just kind of yeah. Like, I want to uh, see Oakland, <laughs> like I want to see those guys out on the perimeter because right. you know, like it's if you are a college defensive back, right? You've been playing skill your entire life, mm-hmm. even when you're in high school. Unless you went to like a, the best of the best high school, you didn't see many 300 pounders that could run. No, no, ever. you didn't. So you never no. really had to worry about some mountain of a man snowing you under on a screen. It just wasn't going to happen. They right. weren't going to get out there. You were quicker and faster than everybody else. And then you see, like I said, a six foot nine mountain. Who has you know, to run at least know, a five like, one? Game I of mean, Thrones, the mountain who rides. <laughs> That's right. the mountain who runs. Yes. Yes. 
And like you can see defensive backs like doing like business decision shit. Like, oh yeah. Back start backpedaling. They start backpedaling. Yeah. I don't want any of this. This is gonna yeah. this is gonna suck. Correct, sir. This will suck. But like, it gets you like, five yards just because they yeah, backpedal the instead thing. of attack. Like, yeah. it's, it's a quick, easy five yards. Right. You know, that that quick pitch has been deadly. And that's like you see showed so much shit in the running game this game. It was fucking awesome. Like yes. my favorite play yes. was probably so it was like second and eight, something like that mm-hmm. in the third quarter. Des has Chuck in the backfield with him. Mm-hmm. And he reads, right? So get the snap inside zone and read. Yeah. Except he doesn't give it. And now it's a lead play. Right. And you got Chuck running at a defensive yes. back. Yeah. And they got like 12, 15 yards on that. Yeah. That's sh- that is Navy. That's a yeah. Navy staple, the follow play. Yeah. I've never seen that on a shotgun. I'm sure it's happened. I just haven't seen it. But like they do so much shit like that that has to drive defensive coordinators crazy yeah because you have to prep them it's like they might only show you that they might only do this once in the game they might not do it at all but you have right. to spend 15 minutes if they do this this is the look right and they're like once you just start adding on all these periods that you have to have in practice about the shit that they do once or twice a game like you just you're spinning your tires there's nowhere to go right and, like it's it's kind of like it's a dick move. It's like we don't do this much. It's not core to what we do, but we're going to show you this a couple of times, put it on film. Yep. And now you have to pay attention to it because if you don't and you don't play it right, that's the runner for fucking thirty yard touchdown, easy. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, and and it was very exciting just to see the different. I kept seeing that, and they did it with uh, was it they did it with Ryan Montgomery too? I want to say, and he. They got another like 15 yards from that another one that they did, the same play. Um, it's just it was working beautifully. And and like you said, that's something SMU have to prepare for. Because once again, that that play right there will, is an SMU weakness. That is something that will hurt SMU a lot. Um, if ran. Um, and, and but let's let's talk about the one thing that nobody liked that we were all disappointed in the the goal line stop by USF. Um, this team does not get stopped at the goal line, and they did against USF. It was everybody was frustrated and upset and bothered. <laughs> um, I mean, it was the first time they've been stopped on fourth down all yeah, season. Yeah, right. And, and for me, I still think they should have took it to the perimeter because it's been working. But and that, I, I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah. I, I think collectively as Bearcats, we're all in agreement. Like you have been murdering these people, right, on the edge. They have not shown any capability to set an edge in any meaningful way. Right. And you're going to bring in your heavy personnel, which everyone knows exactly what that means. Knows exactly what you're doing. It's, it's, it's inside zone or it's duo. That's all it's going to be. Or it's going to be a little tight end. Uh, what is it? A little tight end. Um, they might do the pop pass to the tight yeah, end. Yeah, the little tight end pop pass. You know. I mean, what know. they really should have done is fake naked boot. Because they, they were selling out. Bro, it was they don't there. do boots. I keep saying, like, they need a boot. Ugh. No, but they, how do you expect them to competently execute under center shit when they are never, ever under center? And when they I go know, under center, everybody know, knows gosh. it's going to be a run 
What about maybe, a, you mean you can do a counter boot like from the shotgun? Well, the problem with the fourth down play was that Mets got tripped before he could even get to the hole. That's and, true. Like, he just kind of fell over everybody. That's true. I mean, that play was dead from the start just because, <laughs> I mean, USF played it well, but yeah. they also played it well because they knew what was coming. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, they got everybody and everybody in this, you know, six yard space. Like, oh, we know exactly what's happening. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, that's that's the only thing they did wrong. I, I mean, the thing that I want to see more of is when they get down into that goal to go situation, third, you know, three yards or less, get in shotgun, jet tray. Yes. You don't have to give it to them, but you have to no. give them something to take the focus away from where you, where everybody knows you want to go. Everybody knows you want to run duo. Everybody knows you want to run inside zone. Exactly. So you have to show them something so that they can clear at least a guy out of the box. And if they're not going to clear a guy out of the box, it's a walk-in touchdown for Trey. So, I mean, like, that's – that is literally the only nit I can pick on this offense. Yeah, that's – that was it. we got to get – we got to touch the bag. We have to. Um, but, no, this offense did a masterful job. You know, props to Denbrock. Uh, you know, and you know, he got a Royals uh, Award nominee. Yeah, Broyd out exactly. Royals Award nominee coach Dan Brock. Um I, and like I it's it's well deserved. Like absolutely. UC went from being like in year one to being in the S P ranks like a hundred and whatever to sixteenth. Yeah. In five no. years. And when I seen that I was like that oh wow that did happen, right? Because you don't think about it, right? You don't think yeah. about it until you see it. And and one thing I always tell people is I, I keep saying it. I'll keep saying it. I like Den Brock. The only issue I have with Den Brock is he gets lost in play calling at times. But I love his playbook. I love his ingenuity. And, and, and I just I like the variance that he has. He just has to be able to put it together. And this game, he put a lot of it together. That's just, you know. And, sure. we, and we've seen what it can do once he puts it together. Yeah. And like I know that USF has a bad defense. Right. But so does Tulane. Right. Tulsa is better, but they're not great. Navy's yeah. not really good. Navy's no. okay. Navy we, doesn't beat themselves. But, like, these right. are not great defenses that this offense has struggled against. It's just, you know, like, this is how the game has to be played for this team the rest of this way. Oh, yeah. Far not. Like, if, if you get into the playoff – you know, I don't like this offensive line's chances of running duo against Georgia. Against Absolutely Alabama. not. Absolutely not. Like, I, I, I don't think that's a winning. I don't think that's a winning formula. But it wasn't know? winning last year. They had to run no. off tackles to get yards against Georgia last year. Yes, they had one big run, right? And they passed the ball on like sixty-five percent of snaps, which right. they should have done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like that's just kind of where you're at. Like this is a for the AAC. This is a really good offensive line. It'll be better next year when everybody has more experience. Right. Um, but like, you know, SMU, UC, probably Tulsa. Those are probably the three best lines in the conference. Yeah. And they're all pretty similar. There's not a not a huge difference. I mean, the only difference is that UC has been healthy. Um, yeah. SMU has not been. They they uh, they started a lot of different offensive line combinations. That's all. UC's offensive line is more athletic. I will say that like they have more pure athletes on their line than I would say the other ones do. The other ones have more big heavies, especially like Tulsa. Tulsa has more big heavies. Tulsa has a bunch of fire hydrants. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and but in SMU, not that there's anything wrong with being right. a fire hydrant as a fellow fire hydrant shaped type person. 
I'm, I'm not quite a fire hydrant, but I understand what you uh, get it. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to call it what it is, man. I, <laughs> I, I fucking look like a power lifter because I kind of, I can lift heavy shit. Oh yeah. Kinda yeah. Is, so it's a genetic it thing, right? You, you know, your family come from a long line of, of burly, uh, bearded fellows. <laughs> no, no, just, no, just you just this by one. yourself. Uh, you got the genetic I mean, my lottery. Strong, but he, he doesn't look like he's a power lifter. <laughs> you got the genetic lottery, sir. That's all. Don't worry about it. Uh, and and no, but you know, and so that's the one thing I will give you, Cito, is in like you said, they got to play to their strength, and so that's what makes me excited about this game coming up at SMU. I'm actually excited about this game because I truly feel like this is the perfect game for UC. This is the perfect game for UC to play. And I'm going to start with defense, okay? Uh, UC's defense. Fair. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be the matchup of the game. Is, and, and, and when I was watching the Memphis game, the one thing I've seen is Memphis tries to do some of what UC is really good at doing. And Memphis was successful at doing it, even though they don't do it as well. And, 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 and what I'm looking at is if we can say, hey, Trestle, you know that little thing you like to do where you like to drop eight and rush three? Don't do that. Don't do that at all this game. Matter of fact, just completely wipe it out your head. It's not necessary. We don't want, don't even think about it. Matter of fact, take that page off the playbook and just throw it away just for this game. And blitz. Blitz. Yep. Yo. Blitz until you just get, I don't know, until you have an aneurysm. Seriously. Because. I mean, be, don't have an aneurysm. Well, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But really, though, like, because what I've seen is Mordecai, he gets frazzled. He gets lost. He gets sacked. Yes. Uh, and this 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 def- this defensive backfield, if everyone is healthy, uh, knock on wood, please everyone be healthy. Uh, is good enough. Is good enough for him to throw a couple of interceptions because that's kind of what happens too. He kind of sometimes either he gets sacked or he throws the ball. <laughs> um, yeah, he he has a a really bad tendency to. Stare down his primary receiver yes. all the time. Yes. Like he throws he throws interceptions where the underneath coverage is reading him the entire time. Like that exactly. was the defi- that was the ending play against Memphis. Yeah. You know, he stared at he, he stared at uh Danny Gray mm-hmm. from the from the jump of the snap. He did not see that linebacker robbing underneath. Didn't see him. It was a 12-yard dig and no idea the underneath defender was there. Threw it right to him. I right. mean, he does shit like that all the time. Like, his, he throws a ton of interceptions that are not, like, Dez has thrown two really bad interceptions this game. You know, yeah. this season, Indiana, Navy. I think those are the two worst. Yeah. Um, you know, like, the the one against USF, that was, a, that was I trust Alec Pierce play. And the yeah. I trust Alec Pierce play has worked out very well this season. So I don't really oh, fault him on that. But like, like I said, I only credit, like I only give him full blame for three of his, inter- well, two of his interceptions and one was just this throw that he shouldn't have made. Yeah. But and then a couple other was the ones that bounced off receiver hands. Like, yeah. yeah. Those are plays that you yeah. you trust in your receiver to make yeah. that, you know, the ball bounces weird. It's a weird ball. Right. Um, but like Mordecai, he 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 stares on that primary receiver, and like you know, I've seen SMU fans on Twitter and on their message boards like we need to go after Ahmad Gardner. 
Okay. Don't, don't, please. Everybody keep, look, y'all are the okay. second fan base that said this, and it just doesn't ever end up. Matter of fact, U.S., think, okay, SMU, if you watch the USF game, the quarterback was throwing the ball away. He was throwing it away, and I'm on Gardner. Decided to say, hey, I like that's a ball. It's in my vicinity. Let me go get that. Yeah. And he didn't like the ball was headed out of bounds. He just kind of jumped a little bit. His long arms kind of reached, grass snatched the ball out the air, and he just intercepted it. Like that's what he does. Leave leave that man alone. Just let him let him be on the field and play. Just leave him. Don't do that. Stop it. Don't yeah. don't. I mean, like you know. So <laughs> I I have been I have mentioned the all season long that the right. the two test question I have for any offense trying to beat this defense. Can you win one-on-ones? Right. Yes. So can your quarterback make the throw? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't mean you're going to do it all the time, but you need to do it enough to be successful to get UC out of what they do. Right. Um, And then the other thing is, can you block? And if you look, if you look at the whole of SMU's offensive line numbers, they're very good. Right. Yeah, you're going up 11 stacks. It's like 12th in the country. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what nobody tells you is that eight of those stacks have come in the last three games against teams that's pressuring, right? Because teams yes, before, against the yeah. the three best, other than you see yeah. the teams with the three highest havoc rates right. in the conference, right? Have sacked them eight times in the last three games. So, and part of that is SMU has started six different offensive line combinations. That's not ideal. No, no, you see, it started three, um, mostly due to injury. So, like, I think that UC is going to be able to get pressure pretty consistently in this game because this offensive line does not handle stunts well, they don't handle no. games well. No. So, like, all that pick and twist and shit you do with you know Brooks and, and DeBlanco, all of that, you need to run that stuff, yes. start to finish. Yes, just you, you need to loop. Maje for fucking 40 yards. I don't care. Yeah. Like this offensive line does not pick up that stuff well at all. And the thing with Mordecai is his footwork is a fucking mess. Like it is, he he is so jumpy in the pocket. It's crazy. Yes. yes. Yeah. I don't understand how he can get any velocity on the ball because like to get velocity, you need to put power through the ground, but he's never on the ground because he's constantly hopping. It's one of the great mysteries of his college football season for me is well, how he gets know, any power on any of his throws. Got a really strong arm, I guess. You know, that's why he, you know, made it this far, I guess. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know, man. I'm just this game seemed like because they don't run the ball. Like they they're not good at running the ball. Like they can they okay, let me see. Can they physically run? Yes, everybody can physically run. Like they have the capability to hand the ball to somebody and they move their feet. Yes. But are they successful at it? It's varying, but to me, when I'm watching, they're not good at it. Can they have some success? Probably just because people sometimes have success at running the football. USMU, that is not their bread and butter. They're not, you know, um, you know, they're not quite, it's not something that they're looking to do often. Now they will hit you with like little screens um little pop passes stuff like that kind of stuff to try to try to create a, a simulation of a run game but as far as handing off the ball it's not something that they have they're terribly great at against better defenses no i mean like their success rate is right around sm you know not as of course it's smu it's usf and, and mm-hmm. you know ucf like mm-hmm. that's if you look at the chart of 
success rate and, um, you know, points per play added, that's kind of where they're grouped is with those groups. And, like, USF didn't run the ball for shit, really. No. Um, UCF certainly didn't run the ball. No. Um, until the game was, in, you know, already decided. Right. So what SMU lives on is the big explosive play through the air. Right. That is what they live on. And if they cannot hit those consistently, and no one has been able to do that on UC all right. season, you know, right. like, I like, they're going to do it because that's what they do. And like, I, I appreciate SMU, like, because they are, they're going to play, you know, like they're not going to play in damage limitation mode. Right. You know, Tulane, Navy, Tulsa to a lesser extent. Those were damage mitigation games. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, we're going to play this in a way that keeps it as close as possible for as long as possible. We're not going to try to actually win the game. Yeah. We just don't want to be embarrassed. We're going to try to, you know, <laughs> allow you to make mistakes that exactly. allow us to win the game, but exactly. we're not going to try to win it ourselves. Right. That's not what SMU does. They're going to try to, they're going to try to win the game. You know, this is a very good offense. This is going to be the best offense they see all season unless they get the playoffs. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with bar, you. Bar none. I, I'm with you. I just think, I think this is, and it's the best offense, but it's also the best offense for Cincinnati to play. Uh, with their type yes, of defense they are that they built have to play right. this kind of team right exactly um which makes it exciting because we finally get to see uc play the game that they were built to play uh and gosh i don't want to go here this is just smu defense versus this offense so i'm, I'm gonna start with something nice okay we're gonna okay go ahead nice. um you go ahead and do that i'm just gonna sit here and you think for a second okay so so here's the nice thing so on defense uh their special teams are pretty good so teams have to go a long way mm-hmm. point point in your favor they don't really allow they allow you know the the medium run yeah they don't really allow the big run so okay. props to you um <laughs> The, the problem is, and their success rate stuff is pretty good. The problem yeah. is they give up explosive plays at a hilarious rate in the secondary. It's like if you if you pull up highlights from any game this year, bar the Abilene Christian game, yeah, you see opposing wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, just running wide open, nobody near them. And this goes back to me like admiring – what they do is credit to Jim Levitt. Like this is, this is a man who does not give a fuck. <laughs> he is playing press yeah. with corners yeah. that suck. And yes. he's done it all season long on the bank that I'm going to be able to get to your quarterback before you can get the pass off. He has not been proven correct on that. Not at all. At any point not this season, no. but he's still doing it. So like, Credit to you for it's being that confidence, like, right? It's that yeah, confidence. Yeah, it's like that, this is what we know? do. Exactly. Beat us. Yeah. Oh shit, you can beat us. Okay. Um. Well, they weren't beat for the first seven games, though. So you know, it's one of those things where. Well, no, they weren't beat, but like you had to get a hail mary pass to beat fucking La Tech. <laughs> okay, so touche. You know, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and they showed you see how to almost blow it against Navy. Except the difference in that game is that Navy was up twenty-one nothing. Yeah. In the first half. 
You see, never was down 21 points to Navy. That's true. That's true. I don't. Why are you playing press corners with Navies? Anyway, we're not even going to. That's a whole different conversation. I, mean, I don't know what they were doing on defense. I know. I'm just, but, I'm just talking. But like uh, when they play a spread team, they right. that's how they play. No, and like, I, I mean, I, I admire it. I like, I really do. Like, fuck it, man. Let's let's, let's see, see what, what happens. happens. <laughs> no, uh, I okay. And 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 thank you for that. Um, the one thing that press corners does, though, when I was watching, because the main games I watched this season, because I watched the brief stint of SMU, but it was kind of like, eh, I'm, I'm not a huge. I have an issue when I watch a game. I'd be like, I'm not really interested in this right now, and I turn. And SMU was a few games like that for me, um, just because I'm not a fan of the way they play offense. Uh, what I will say this though, their defense. What I've seen is this press corners leaves those leaves the outside lanes wide open. And one thing I've noticed that Memphis didn't really take advantage of it too much, nor did UCF was the outside of that defense. Like the corners bail. The linebackers really don't cover that space. Honestly, they kind of stay in like a 10 yard space and that outside is open. Like it's open field. Nobody's there. And I'm sitting here like, why is nobody, what is happening right now? Why won't nobody take advantage? You see if they hit, if they if they see that and they don't take advantage of that, I'm going to be very angry. I'm going to be angry because of this game. I know everybody's saying this is a, should be a good game and this is a good offense and blah blah blah. I get it. If you see take advantage and 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 Jim Levitt doesn't adjust to to the field side and and, and the all that and just leave that open, this game's going to get ugly. If that just stays open. And 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 if, if Nembrock takes advantage of it, because like we said, this is UC strength. You you are leaving UC strength available to them. You know, zone reads and all types of stuff. It's just gonna be, you know, yeah. I mean, like all all of those quick pitches, the yeah, the the, the quick, you know, I don't know what you would even call it, quarterback. Not uh, it's like it's like a sweep. From yeah, a shotgun, type, basically. Yeah. But like it's, those play, like SMU is not going to defend those. No, they don't. <laughs> they have not shown any capability to to defend that kind of action any desire at any point this year to defend it. Let's. <laughs> well, yeah, like they just like they are the way that defense is built, the way it is structured, it is very stout up the middle, and they do a right. very good job at limiting your success running the football. Right. Um. No, and like UC has one of the best success rates running the football of anybody in the country. They are elite at that. Right. But that's that's a situation where I, I slightly worry about them taking the bait and being like, yeah, we're going to mash you because we're so much better than you at this and neglecting the free yards that are available because there are going to be free yards all over the field against SMU. Oh, absolutely. They are not good. They no. have given – okay, so <laughs> I like to track big plays, Okay. Right. I'm going to look this up as we speak, but I like to track big plays. That's one of my things that I look at. So how, who do you think has given up the most plays of 20 yards or more? Give me a guess. I don't know. Let me go ahead and say, um, assume you. Oh, man. Look, out here doing great. We could do this man, all day. Dead last in the country at allowing those plays. <laughs> dead last. Gosh. 
in the passing game, they are dead last at allowing plays of 20 or, 20 or more yards. So Des can throw for fucking 450 yards in this game. Do it. Fucking do it. I don't care. And, like, he's, and, and like, go back to hitting big explosive plays over the top. Like, these motherfuckers turn dudes loose. Like, no one in sight. Like, if you yeah, watched the okay. Houston game and you saw Tank Dell running with no one for company, like, three or four times. Like, and why? Like, why would you do this to yourself? They just they just don't know how to cover. That, yeah, I mean... And, and like, it's it's Levitt's first year. I the, the players that he has were not designed... We're not recruited to play this kind of scheme. I feel fairly confident in saying that. It seems that way, right? Yeah, I mean, like, you don't have, like, a 5'11 press corner. That's true. Who's really, like, 5'8". That's true. Right? That's not, like, a great... But at this point, we're talking about speed, right? Like, right? they don't have the speed either. Like, it's, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, okay, I get get that they don't have the size, but at least stay on your man, right? (laughs) At least... Well, and that's that's the thing. Like, they don't contest throws. Right. Like everything is like you see contests when they are not playing on the back foot, when yeah. they're playing to full full chat, they contest everything. They contest every inch of that field. Right. They might they might separate the two spheres of how they do it, but they contest everything. And SMU tries to, but I don't know how you're playing man-to-man coverage with supposed top over the help and you're just turning dudes loose on fucking posts once again like what are you looking I don't for how this happens what is the safety looking for like what is he's just is there a run happening <laughs> that nobody else sees like i just and wiley wiley and 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 pierce and 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 you know you know scott hasn't been a huge factor I can see him doing something this game, but but Wiley and Pierce, th- these are the people for this game that I'm go. I think is going to be Wiley and Pace, right? Pace because that under he's that t- he's that underneath linebacker that's going to be looking at Mordecai eyes, and, yeah. and 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 he's going to be the one there present in that space when he throws that ball. You you mean number six in the country for interceptions? Yes, Deshaun Pace. That As that one. that one, yes. And this is the perfect uh, this is perfect game for him and Wiley. It is. Yeah, I agree with Wiley. Like if you look yeah. at the 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 box scores for the Houston and Memphis games, they got killed by the tight ends in those games. Yeah. So in, in the Memphis game, you had Sean Dykes, who is one of the best tight ends in in the conference, along with Wiley Calcaterra. Um, Trey Han from Houston, which we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. But Dex had three catches on three targets, 64 yards, a touchdown, right? right. And then if you go to the, the Houston game, you had Trey Han, four catches, five targets, 40 yards. Like, there are going to be opportunities for the tight ends to eat in this game. Yeah. I, um, and, and if they do decide to say, hey, we are – if Levitt decide to actually be a defensive coordinator and say, hey, we're going to do some game prep – for this game, I guess, um, because this is a Cincinnati team that's pretty good. So I guess we should all try to do something that might stop their players and try to, you know, uh, you know, uh, spy Wiley with, you know, double coverage or whatnot. Then you got Pierce killing hit the cornerback. 
Tyler Scott killing the corner. So it's going to get ugly if if they cannot stop UC from making big plays, which, like you said, they haven't been to stop nobody thus far. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. Yeah, and, and like that's that's the key to me for for the offense in this game. Like they can, if it gets into a slog, UC will probably win because UC is comfortable in that environment. Oh yeah, SMU is not right. Like UC. UC is comfortable in a rock fight, but they are better than that. Right. Um, SMU is not comfortable in, in, in yeah. that environment at all. And like, so a lot of the talk, especially from the SMU fans, is that, you know, there's a clear quarterback advantage for them with Mordecai over Dez. And really? Is there though? Yeah. Like, I, I saw a dude who's like, I don't see what Dez does better than. Than Mordecai, I'm like make decisions. Um, <laughs> yeah, he makes good decisions. He's poised in the pocket. Right, he is an active run threat. I mean, Mordecai can run, but like his runs are man coverage. Everybody bails. There's nobody for thirty yards. I'm Here's gonna get the question. 10 now. Does he want to run against this defense though? Because probably not. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. Because he's not like you said. He's 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 a willing runner. He's not a great runner. And, and no, and, and like the other thing is that he, like, like we said, like he holds onto the ball a long yeah. time. He takes a lot of sacks. He doesn't, he might get hurt take. this game. Possibly. Like just the way our guys tackle, they tackle hard. Like they're not going to just, like they make sure they put their shoulder into you. Like it's not yeah. going to be fun to get tackled. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing to watch is, Obviously, the line of scrimmage is going to be a key in this game. Yeah. Not so much in terms of – I mean, I think these are two pretty balanced lines. The yeah. UC offensive line versus the SMU defensive line is pretty even, and I think yeah. the SMU offensive line versus the UC defensive line is pretty even. The difference is the level of physicality. SMU's defense has it. UC's defense has it. UC's yeah. offense has it. That offensive line doesn't no. seem to – do it very well. Um, right. I know they have great rushing stats. Their per yard stuff is good. Their their line yards are pretty good. But looking at them in all the games I've watched and partially watched, I just don't see that kind of overwhelming presence. They're good. They're technical. They're very yeah. They're very skilled. Right. But they don't play with that that chip, that nastiness that you kind of have to have to win this kind of game. Right. I, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like I said, the couple of games that I've watched, um, and the offensive line particularly, um, against the better defenses, they just like they don't run well against better defenses. They just didn't. Um, no. And and you know, and so you, you look at that and you be like, this this could be a long game for SMU. We went into the game last year and everybody wasn't sure what they were going to get. Everybody was worried and you quickly realize the game that UC plays does not match well with the game that SMU plays. It just yeah. doesn't. And they tried to address some of that. I right. mean, they were very active in the, in the transfer portal this offseason. Right. And they've recruited pretty well, um, even all, even along the lines. Like, obviously, they, they've always had great skill guys, and that is right. still the case. I mean, even without Danny Gray, they still got Reggie Robertson. You know, they still got Rasheed Rice. They still right. got Kel Katera. They still got Ulysses Bentley, you know, Bentley, Trey Siggers. Um, they got guys at pretty much every spot. 
the depth is the question, especially if Danny mm-hmm. Gray is out. Mm-hmm. Um, because like UC has a very egalitarian passing game where like Pierce has 600 yards, six something. Um, everybody else is at like three to 200. Yeah. There's like seven people who have between 200 and 300 yards. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit different than how SMU has. They have, they, their, their yards and their targets are bunched between those top four guys. So not having gray there means you're going to be playing a couple of freshmen who are talented, no doubt. Like one of them's a four star. Um, but this is a different beast. Like, yeah. And that's the other thing that I want to bring up is SMU has played a whole lot of not very good defenses. Yes. Right? Yes. The best defense I've played so far is Houston, and Houston beat them. Um, they, they held them to negative EPA, which is basically if you have negative EPA, you are playing behind the down and distance in the situation. Right? Mm-hmm. That's basically all that means. So per S&P plus, here are the defensive ranks for all the teams they've played so far, right? Okay. You ready? Go so ahead. North Texas, 104th. La okay. Tech, 113th. Okay. TCU, 93rd. That's, that's USF, 116th. Mm-hmm. Navy, 84th, so better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tulane, 101st. Houston, 31st. Memphis, 71st. UCF, 69th. And they couldn't, they couldn't, and they could not run the ball against Houston. I mean, Memphis. They could not run the ball no. against Memphis or Houston. And they didn't do a great job against UCF. No. And, like, the thing that jumped out to me from the Memphis game is, you know, their offensive coordinator is Lincoln Riley's brother, Garrett. Yeah. Um, like, all good Rileys, the man is addicted to, to GT counter. Yeah. Fucking loves it. That's, like, a basic – that is a base play in that. Their father the took them through and, the course of GT counter as the children. <laughs> Honestly, don't even know what their dad does. <laughs> I have no idea. He might be a fucking insurance salesman for all I know. With, but, with master class in GTA. Uh, I mean, it could be. I don't know. Just, I know. It could be. It's, it's possible. <laughs> but, like, Memphis completely neutered that look. They had right. nothing from the running game in that game. And that, like, if they can't get the running game going and they have no pa- play-action passing game, you know, their, their offense gets very ordinary very quickly. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh I just like I said, I, I really watched the Memphis game because when I uh watched parts of the Memphis game before I tuned out of it, I went back and watched it again. I just realized Memphis is probably the closest scheme wise to what we would do. Closest scheme, closest, not that, but the closest, like yeah, what they try to do. Yeah. I mean they um, run more of uh the the tight front, the tackles inside yeah. the the ends inside the tackles versus what UC does with more of a like traditional end alignment, right? Your, you know, with the linebacker basically playing as a defensive tackle, and, so it is different, right? Um, and like that'll be something that if if I mean Curtis Brooks has been a monster. I don't think anybody's really talking about. It. Everybody talks about Maje and Sauce and mm-hmm. Beaver. There's so many good players on this defense, but Curtis Brooks yeah. has been a fucking monster. He's been outstanding and i will say this brown hasn't been what brooks is but brown has been an outstanding substitution as well because brown is yeah, more like, he's he, just he like makes a, those impact yeah he just sits there and he just grabs he just holds the lineman in the center and be like okay so we need to move this guy we can't whereas brooks he's just a disruptor he just disrupts everything so my favorite my favorite thing to watch is every once in a while like you can tell when curtis is getting pissed yeah 
because yeah. he starts he gets in his stance and he starts kicking that right foot yeah and when he starts kicking that right foot that center's going for a walk <laughs> yeah he doesn't know where he's going but he's going yeah. backwards and you Brooks, see him just fucking dog walk a grown man just straight into the backfield like he right. gets pissed and does it at least once again and this is so we're gonna get into like this is the second best appointment opponent that uc will probably play outside of notre dame right um i think Houston is better than smu but close okay uh well right now at this to this point oh yeah today um, yes, yes right and so we know that uc looks bored at times and we talk about curtis brooks where curtis brooks he will kind of go with the motions for a while right he will kind of just be there he knows he's probably better than whoever he's going against and so he probably just play around with him for a while because uc believes i you know you can kind of tell ucc is like oh we're bet we know we're better than these guys so let's play football. We're going to just play football. Yeah, let's do it, right? And then, but then you see Curtis Brooks say, okay, this game should not be like this. I'm getting tired of this. What is going on? And like you say, he kicks it up a notch. And all of a sudden you see the center just not know what the hell is happening. Like, where the fuck did this come from, right? <laughs> and it just, but you see, does that in general, right? All the players yeah. kind of do that. Where you can just, outside of my job, he, my, he always going 150 miles an hour. But, he doesn't know any other way. Yeah, yeah, he don't know. But everybody, you can see it, even, even Van, right? Even Malik Van, you can see when he finally be like, all right, this is enough. And next thing you know, you see the tackle kind of moving backwards real fast, real quick, and he's just up underneath him, throwing, pushing him towards the quarterback. Every, the, every All of them do it. They all just kind of do, and, you know, uh, oh, goodness. Um, Brent, Chad, he will talk about it. And remember in the... Uh, and, and during the spring, uh, you know, uh, reports, he would talk about how the defensive line, the defense in general, would kind of just go through lags, and they'd be like, yeah. And then the offense would start doing too good, and they'd be like, all right, that's enough. Nope. And then they'll just <laughs> shut them down. Yeah, they do yeah, it. And like, it, it, it developed. It was developed in the spring and in off season. This thing. Yeah, and like it's, I mean, if you look at the box scores and you actually analyze it, yeah, they have controlled every game. They've yeah. been outgained on a per play basis once they've been out success rate once. Right. Those are two different games. They won them both, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But like when it comes down to it, I don't worry about the, the disinterested performances against, you know, Tulane on a a fucking day before Halloween at 11 in the morning, you know, these kind of games, I never worry about a look for the team. Never. Like, even if you go back to the the original game day game at UCF in 2018, UC came out and punched them in the fucking mouth. Oh, yeah. And was controlling that game for about a quarter. They just didn't have the depth. They didn't have the quarterback who was ready at the time because Des was a pup. That game was was so... That was his, like, eighth game. They Yes. They they shocked you. UCF didn't know what was happening for a second until until, uh, the quarterback... uh, Mackenzie Milton. Until he got them back in order, like, hey guys, relax. We got this. And everybody yeah. kind of just settled back down. But yeah, you're and right. now UC is in that right. position yeah. where teams are gonna give you your best punch. Yep. And like, you know, I, when it comes down to it, this and when I look at this game, UC has a level that they can hit that like they they have a level that they can touch and maintain at. Mm-hmm. And no one in this conference can match. No, that's the bottom no. line. The question is, will they hit that level and will they stay that level 
long enough to win the game. You don't have to be there for 60 right. minutes. It's really hard right. to stay there for 60 minutes. Yeah. Even Georgia doesn't stay there for 60 no. minutes at every game. No. If you uh, do stupid shit to piss them off at some point during the week, they yes. might stay there the entire game. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, they don't – I mean, the big, the most – the biggest statement Georgia's made was against Florida, a Florida team that is now falling apart, but that's a different story. Right. But even then, Florida was in that game until they completely melted down in, like, unprecedented fashion in the last five minutes of that second quarter. Yeah. So, like, I, SMU is a good team. They have a very good yes. offense. They're going to make this interesting. They're yeah. going to hit UC. They're going to land some punches. Yeah. That's not a problem because the level that this team can hit is just so much higher than everybody else in this conference. Yeah. And like, oh, you want to go here? Let's go here. If you want to yeah. do this, let's do this. And that's who UC is, right? They play up to the- – Unfortunately, they play to their competition, like everybody yes. complained about. If you want to go to this level, let's go here. The main game that you see, UC came out and they punched them in the mouth and kept punching them off, Notre Dame. They came out in Notre Dame and they just won that up because, one, I think they were kind of pissed off because I think they were reading stuff. I do. Because it's, it's hard not to read stuff up to a game like this. It's a huge game. You're about to play in it. You want to see what everybody's saying. There was a lot of voices happening. And I, they came out, you can see they were angry. They was playing angry that whole game. And they was kept hitting. Uh, it was. I feel sorry for Cone for a second. I'm not gonna lie. During the UC game, because he just kept he he couldn't do it. Like they kept being in his face every moment he dropped back. They were right yeah. back in his face. And, and you know it was you know uh, that gang. They played really well against Indiana, who's typically have really good lines. Indiana typically have good lines. Now everybody else is suspect that Indiana. I think they have the second best defensive line they've played. No, I mean the, the office that... line. I mean they usually have a pretty good offensive eh. line. Indiana does. Like Indi- no, I'm talking like about typ- line. And typical in general, they usually have a pretty good offensive line. Everybody else is usually pretty bad at Indiana. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like right. it's one of those Big Ten. You know how Big Ten like you go get all your corn uh, fans. Well, you no, you can guys. find yeah. you can find linemen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and but but you know their offensive line this year, of course, like they're not. They're they are su- like now we see that they are sh- suspect. At the beginning of the season, we had no idea. And you see pretty much manhandled Indiana's off the line. Like, they can play up to a competition, better competition. They can be better than the competition. That's very good. Will they, like you said, will they do it? Will they do it? And I believe they will. I, because that's who they are. They like competition. If you oh, don't yeah. feel, and like, yeah. there's, there's other there's other factors that give me a lot of confidence. It's not just that you see as a, a faster pitch that no one else can hit. Right. It's also that SMU has fucking fallen apart in the last four Novembers. Yeah. Like yeah, since Sunny Dex has been there, they're six and seven in November. It's not good. No. The last two they went into November ranked or close to it and collapsed. You know, like that's not what you're looking for. That's not what you want. And and that's a mental strength strength toughness thing though. That's a mental toughness. Yeah. Thing. Well yeah. and then it's UC, it's home. Yeah. This team just doesn't lose at home. Senior night, don't. senior night, um, where a lot of players are actually leaving this year. <laughs> Unlike, Unlike last year. year. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be an emotional, hard-hitting game. We see what happened the last time they had an emotional senior night with ECU. And literally, ECU couldn't buy a yard. They no. couldn't find a yard to gain. 
No, they they knocked him the fuck out. You know, um, and you know, I ECU game this year gonna be interesting. But last year it just so well. Let's talk about that next week. We yeah, we'll talk about no, no. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. We'll talk about that next week. But um, but I think that they will get up for this game because one, the senior night, like, and, and two, because it's home and it's gonna be packed out. Uh, you know, and, and it's going to be a, it's going to be, I think it's going to, I think it's going to open Mordecai eyes to the level of competition that he hasn't seen in a really long time. And I think it's going to make him more uncomfortable than he has been. I don't know what the score is going to be. I, I, it might be close. I can't, but I think that UC going to make Mordecai more antsy than he typically is. I think yeah. this team will. Um. Well, that's the, the other thing that he doesn't seem to diagnose coverages very well at all. And, you know, we've talked about it the entirety of this pod. Like, UC's defense is different. Yeah. It just looks different. Right. Pre-snap, post-snap, it's hard to figure out who's coming. It's hard to figure out what the what the alignment is. Like, right. it's, it's a different beast. And, like, and the, the, the thing that a quarterback like Mordecai – relies on is that pre-snap recognition that's yeah. what the system is really built on but if your if your front and your coverage is detached if there's no overlap if there's no there's nothing telling you one thing about the other it's a lot harder to get pre-snap recognition and looks you know and like it might be a whole lot of cover four and a whole lot of man and a whole lot of cover one Depending but pre-snap, on, you don't know. Depending on who we have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and then, then, then there's a the small matter of, all right, which, which receiver are we sacrificing to the Isle of Ahmad? Yeah. Who, who, yeah. Who's going to get stranded on Sauce Island? Because somebody is. So it has to. You have to. You can't just, you know, um, somebody has to be over there. Well, I mean, I, I guess like, you, you could line well, everybody up to one side. <laughs> No, I, I expect them to take what take the Notre Dame approach because Calcaterra is a really good tight end. Yeah. And he's really big. He's like 6'5, 250. He doesn't move like Mayor, but he's big like Mayor. And I wouldn't be shocked if they did a whole lot of three by one with him as the one isolated on that X. Make him the X receiver. Um, I don't think you're going to have any success with that. I don't think you're going to light him up unless you're just going to have like Calcaterra run five yard box outs. But here's Might the thing too. There, Garner didn't really guard in order the tight end in order game though. No, but they put yeah. they 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 forced the alignment where they right. had him line up on him multiple times. Right. Uh, we forget that. No, we don't forget. But one thing that we recognize that a lot of people don't recognize is that Garner he's still six three. So you can he's put your a long dude. You can put your six five guy on you all you want. You can put whoever you want on big you think is big enough, and Garner can still quote unquote guard him because one, he's now two hundred pounds and he's six three, and yeah. and so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, that's nice. You got your six five guy out there tied in, but still, do you want to throw to him because I the guy who's on him is six three and really really long, like <laughs> you know, is is that yeah? Is, it's it's yeah. just. I mean, it's such a luxury. Right. Like I, I can I already know the meltdowns that are gonna happen next year when there's no more sauce. 
And it's going to be like, what do you mean people are passing for 250 yards? It's like, yeah, we don't yeah. have, we're not, we're not taking half the field and going, bye. <laughs> and I think the tallest guy next year is going to be six one. I mean, we got freshmen coming in at our six three. Uh, we got two freshmen coming next in. Next year is going to be fascinating, but that's, yeah. that's for next year. That's what I'm saying. But like, but for the most part, yeah. So, like, if, if I'm SMU, do I put Reggie Roberson out there? I don't really like that. Because yeah. he's kind of our middle of the field get open guy. Right. Yeah, I'd rather have Rob- if I'm them, I'd rather have Roberson on Arquan Bush. Right. That would be my preferred matchup yeah. for him. Preferred, yeah. Just still be careful because Arquan does in- the interception thing too, just like everybody else. Yeah. So <laughs> and, and then and- you know, like Kobe, Kobe's just out there fucking killing people. Like yeah. He, like he does. Yeah. Yeah. So and then, but the question is, like, you know, we 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 come and we like, hey, how how do we stop this offense? Because it's really good. The question is, we have some pieces that have been bruised and battered um, throughout the season. Because one, probably the way we play football, this team does right. It takes a lot of sacrificial, you know, sacrifice to your body. But you know, two, it's a long season. We come to do we come do we come to this thing full strength? I say. If if Cook is ninety percent, he's out there. Um, you know, if Bush is ninety percent, he's out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Hicks, I mean, he, like yeah. any, anybody who's a question. So yeah. Renfro, right? Ford, right? Bush, Cook, Van Fossen. Anybody who's a maybe, they will give yeah. it a go. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like they might only play five play. Like they might do it. James Wiggins against uh, Tulsa in the AAC title game last year. Yeah give it like two series and it's like, I can't, uh, but like, they're going to try, like, you got to try. You got to you know? like, this is, this is why you play the game so that you can get to this level. And, you know, like when you're part of a team like this, you want to, you want to savor it because you're not going to have other moments. Like you're never going to have anything in your life that replicates this feeling ever again. No, no. That's why people love sports. That's why people love playing sports. And then Mm -hmm. when they stop playing sports because they're old and fat and slow, that's why they still love sports because they remember what it was like when they were young and sports were amazing. Or why they start coaching, right? Yes. Um, And, 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 you know, you have your band of brothers because uh, I don't think anybody is, is being, you know, uh, you know, just, Nobody's being over the top when they say this is a band of brothers. They trust each other. They play like it, right? They play like they trust each other. They play like they depend on one another. This defensive scheme don't work unless you can trust and depend on one another. Because y'all cover part of this. Well, the main aspect of this defense is covering for one another, right? Um, and so you can tell they're close. You can tell they interact regularly. You can tell they actually like each other for the most part. Um, and you, like you said, you won't see this probably again in your lifetime. Um, not this type of team. And so, yeah, you will go out there and try to play, especially your senior night. Right? Yeah. Um, well, even you know, I mean, we can go. Th- we can go through the list of people who it's not senior night for, but it's really senior night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. if Sauce wants to walk, Sauce is going to walk. He should. Oh, absolutely. He, he. I was thinking now, like, are you going? They definitely will let Sauce. I mean, I, no I, yeah, I bring his parents down. Yeah. Um, you know, Wiley, Ford, yeah. possibilities, strong possibilities. I, mm-hmm. I'd i like to think that 
Wiley would come back, but next year is a different. It's a, it's different. a different beast. Like you're you're yes. you're you're retooling everything. Well, outside of the line, which we get into that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the yeah. line will come back intact, mm-hmm. but like some of those receivers are back, but it's not. And you got a new quarterback. Yeah, you got you a know? new quarterback. You got to mesh with. Whether um, it's Ethan or whether it's Luther Richardson or yeah. Brady Lichtenberg, whoever it is, yeah. like you gotta you gotta figure that out. And that's that's tough. It's tough yeah. to build chemistry with a receiving court. Like, there's a reason why. Like when I look at teams in the preseason, if there's continuity between a quarterback and receiver, I'm much higher on that team generally relative to everything else, just because that, that aspect is so hard to replicate and it's so hard to get right. Right. That if you don't have it coming back, it's really hard to build it in the, in the preseason. That's why a lot of really young teams like USF is a perfect example of this. Yeah. They have a lot of talent in that wide receiver room. And they had that at the beginning of the year, but it yeah. didn't look good because they didn't, they weren't able to settle on a quarterback until like six weeks in. And then you have Timmy McLean, who's your answer, who's your future, who's the franchise. Right. And now we can start to build chemistry with his receivers. Right. Now he can start to kind of figure everything out where his guys are going to be, where they like the ball. You know, you know, this guy likes the ball a little bit out ahead of him on an out route, just so that he can kind of grab it and go. This guy wants more of a stop. Right. All these little things, all these little nuances that that take time to just it just takes time. You cannot fake that. It just takes time to build that kind of rapport and that kind of chemistry and that knowledge of each other's tendencies. And I absolutely agree. And so should he come back next year? I don't know. Now, Lenny, on the other hand, I definitely think he should. Uh, um, because this was the first year as it's been reported and, and talked about, you know, um, at Nazem ad nauseum uh that this is the first year he was really in shape this is the first year that he really bought in and so maybe he i think he does need another year and he'll be really good next year um if we can get prater to stop throwing fastballs to five yards uh you know and um well it's like we have no, <laughs> we have no idea what ethan could do None. no we don't we don't Zero we just see idea we see him throw no, like two fastballs <laughs> right do that thing as hard as he could <laughs> And he's like, he's open. He, you don't have and to do it, that. It was like one of how, how many tipped re- interceptions that we had this year? Like four? Yeah. Half yeah. of them have been tipped? Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, you know, well, so you don't know what you have there, but they say he's like really good. Though. He's played really yeah. good. They said he practices really well. So we'll see that. And that's for the offseason once again. But no, this this team, this game, um, I believe those players will play. Um. I don't think SMU will stop Des Ritter. I honestly think Des Ritter is going to have about 80 yards rushing this game because why not? Uh, just because it's one of those things where it's like he can pull it anytime he wants and get 20 yards. He could this game. He could just pull it. Well, yeah. I mean, like the last three games. Yeah. So 10 carries, 71 yards, one yeah. touchdown. 10 carries, 50 yards, one touchdown. 12 carries, 75 yards, touchdown. Yeah. So it's like – when he is actively engaged in running the football, your defensive calculus changes entirely. Oh, absolutely. Um, because you have to devote extra resources to making sure that he doesn't break, contain, and get out. And like that is not something that SMU does really well. They do not build a wall. Um, there, there are opportunities to kind of get up the middle. Like they don't have good rush discipline. And like they showed that last year, that really hasn't changed this year, even with right. Jim Lovett. Um, yeah. 
they're okay at that, but like they haven't seen anybody nearly as athletic as Tess. No right. one even close. Absolutely. And so, you know, we we have that where we're looking at, you know, this. I know a lot of people saying, hey, this will be a tough game. And I believe it will be a tough game. I do. Just because SMU is not a bad team. And can they play with UC? I mean, they don't they they don't have the the depth of talent UC has. But so they can make it a tough game. But just from what I'm seeing, um, I don't think they have the defensive mindset, the defensive skill set <laughs> to contain this offense in any real way no um, and like that's so. what i love about this uc team above everything else is that they play the game like they have the answers to the test yes like yes. they have answers to whatever you want to do right they can find a solution and that is so incredibly rare in college football that's my favorite thing about this offense yes is that is that like we want to we want to destroy you right away? We want to. That's that's what we want to do. We want to take your soul and make you just give in. But if we can't do that, we will methodically dismember you, a finger at a time, a toe at a time, until yeah. you decide that you can't do this anymore and there's just nothing you can do. They'll we'll pick either one. We'll either just blow you apart or we'll methodically take you apart. It's your choice. You yeah. will give us, you know what I mean? You make that decision and we'll take it. Seriously. And that's, I love that about them. That's yeah. rare. It's, that's it's rare. So, it's, it's rare where you have it on both sides of the ball. Exactly. Exactly. The way that this team does. It's like, oh, this receiver is hot. Okay, cool. We're going to throw sauce on him. Yeah. For, for five plays. Yeah. We'll see how he feels after that. My guess is not great. No. Hey, Sauce, you go field. You know, Kobe, you go to this fine. Just for a little bit. Wow, it'd be all well, right. like, <laughs> I, I, I are, like, I see Tanner Mordecai in my head. I see him dropping back. On, it's like a third and eight, whatever. Dropping back. Call it UC's 40-yard line. So they're getting mm-hmm. ready to, you know, getting into a scoring opportunity. And he's dropping back. And he's not even looking at the boundary. Not even looking at the boundary. 10-yard hitch. Oh shit! There's Kobe. Oh. oh, I probably shouldn't have stared at him. I probably shouldn't have stared at Reggie Roberson this entire yeah. time. That was probably yeah. a bad idea. Yeah, absolutely. Like is it, this? I think this is gonna be. Like I said, I think it's gonna be a fun game to watch. Um, I don't. Like I said, I don't predict any blowouts. I think it could get ugly, just because of the uh, of the how bad play. their defense is. Yeah, how bad their defense is, and just the play style discrepancy. It, this is a play style that molds towards UC strengths and SMU's weaknesses. Like yes. it, it, it's a, it's a, it's one of the, it's, it couldn't be a worse matchup for SMU, honestly. And that's not even. Well, me. yeah. And like, it's, yeah. so the best thing that you do and the thing that you want to do is what right. we are the literally the best in the country at, at doing. Right. Exactly. You want to throw the ball. You want to be efficient throwing the ball. Right. Good luck. You're going to have some success. You're going to have some fleshy. Cause that's You'll what they want. Right. Some, yeah, you'll probably even have some long touchdowns. Yeah. But you are not going to be able to sustain no. that for for the entire game. And, like, if you get down two, three scores and you have to start pressing with Tanner Mordecai, Ugh. it's not going to be fun. I'm right. not saying that they, they can't, you know, keep it close and, and keep it within striking distance. Yeah. But, like, if you have – what this defense is the best at when they are 
absolutely the best is when you have to pass and they know you have to pass. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's every play for SMU. No, <laughs> no, but and that's uh, what they want to do. They run, right. they, they run the ball right. on like 40% of first that's, and second down. That's, that's one I'm of saying. the lowest rates in the country. That's what I'm saying. Like, and, 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 and when, when you got to be, when you have to be like, um, when you have to march down the field against this defense, right? When you have to march and there's no big plays to be had, you will make a mistake. You will make a mistake against this defense. If you don't, as, as USF was, USF was an anomaly against this defense, that 90-some yard play. Everybody's saying it like, that doesn't happen against this defense, because it doesn't. Yeah. No other team has been able to do it outside of teams that just ran the ball 48 times in the series, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. And even then, we have goal line stands and forced field goals. Uh. So well, that's the that's the other dirty little secret about right. this game that I've literally not seen anybody talk about or write about at all. When this gets into scoring opportunity land, when it gets in deep red zone, SMU fucking sucks. They score touchdowns on fifty seven percent of the so red zone. What you're telling because I didn't know that. So what you're telling me is that there is fifty seven. This could be a field goal game for SMU. Yeah, against but this they're, offense. They're smart enough not to play a field goal game. Okay. Like they they are. So you think they'll go for it on fourth down? Yeah, like they do okay. it at a decent rate. Like right. they are not like a hyper analytics team, but they are. They don't make. They don't make what Bud Elliott, who uh, podcast for CBS used to be with SB Nation, uh, calls dumbass decisions. <laughs> they, they don't do dumbass shit that Got loses you. games. Gotcha. So like they're gonna go, they'll go for it on fourth quite a bit if they have the opportunity. Right. Um, they're not, but like when I look at those red zone numbers, that is kind of an addictive thing to me because like if you look at their points per scoring opportunity, so you know points per trip inside the forty. Right. They're like four point seven, which is what you see is at, which is one of the best numbers in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty good number, but they do that because they score a lot of touchdowns from that 40 to 20. Right. They don't score a lot of them from 20 to goal line. Got you. That's actually impressive. In the long, when you think about it, uh, just the number of sheer number of points they've scored and just from, uh, you know, the way they beat teams, that's actually impressive. Like, and how, you know, they've been able to keep up with teams. Um, You just don't see teams who can't score on the goal line be able to do that often. So, uh, I don't know, man. They should take it. I, I I know like everybody's like style points. Style points, you know, this is not a thing, and I get it, and I'm with you on that. But this is the game where you just, if you can, you know, play the same game you played against USF um, and just keep taking it. Just keep taking it down there. Just keep taking it to them. Yeah. You know, um, now they, they had a lull, like they always do in the third quarter. That's the third quarter in this team is a little, you know, they get, get hit well, the third I mean, quarter like and they, they all right. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll have a good drive for like, they'll put together two, three first downs and then they'll have like a bot snap or a false start or something else. And it kind of kills the drive. And the, you know, if you do that multiple times in a row, you know, that gives a, a team an opportunity to kind of get some momentum. Right. But like, 
I don't, I don't know. Like, I never worry about this team in, in big games. I just don't. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. Just, I'm not worried about it. They, they're just gonna. They're gonna do what they do, and they what they do is really, really good. Did you watch any of the playoff show? I did not. Just to be honest with you. Uh no. Okay. Uh, actually, yes, I did. I watched the top seven reveal, and then mm-hmm. I turned it off. Okay, so they still. Um, I don't know. Uh, so I was just wondering because I. Uh, <sighs> I'm just UC's fifth. Nothing, yeah. literally nothing has changed. Nothing top has seven changed. is exactly the same. Like you said, I just think they I, I do think there's a nervousness about the UC thing. They I don't think they know how to play that just yet. They don't. Um and they're hoping that UC loses. It'd just be so much easier if UC just lose. Um, it would <laughs> it would solve yeah. a lot of problems for them, yes. Yes. Uh because you know, especially and I think the thing that really confuse uh and the, the thing that really uh, is, is making it hard for them is that there's only three undefeated teams left <laughs> and two of them played in the, what bowl did they play in? Uh, Peach Bowl. The Peach Bowl last year. And so that, that's a hard, like they came out of the Peach Bowl as two of the best teams in the country. And now this year, they're still two of the best teams in the country. So I think that's a struggle for them. But no, um, I'm glad there's still five. I'm glad this week is coming. I'm glad they're playing SMU just because I feel like this is a great game for them to play and they get to finally play the game they want to play. And I'm looking forward to this game. I really am. Um, Now I have this dinner thing with my wife because, and I can't get out of it no matter how much I say I don't want to go. So yeah, but I'm still going to be watching the game. Okay. They can't stop me. From enjoying yeah, that's game. what phones are for. Exactly. So then when they told me what you're watching, I'm like the game. Because y'all know I watch the game. We're not doing this today, <laughs> y'all. Okay. I told y'all I don't want to be here and I'm here. I'm watching this game. Leave me alone. So <laughs> pick your battles. That's the battle I'm picking. That is the battle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pick a lot of them, but that's the one. Okay. Uh but no, um, this is uh, this is a game I've been looking forward to watching. Um, I'm gonna have my UC shirt on that I wear every game underneath my nice outfit so you know just to make sure that i'm still have that you know uh, you know you gotta keep it going get, some, get some socks man get, get some sea paul socks i need some sea paul <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna look for some i'm gonna look for my wife's gonna be like you got some socks too now she gonna it's she thinks i'm crazy a little bit but that's fine that's fine. yeah i mean everybody's a, everybody's a little crazy there's a little crazy what's the, what's the crazy about you know you yeah. to them I have a love for an underdog and UC has always been an underdog for me. Right. So it's one of those things where it was perfect fit. Like they're an underdog. I get the opportunity to prove for the underdog every day. And so, you know, I'm, but so I don't care what you say, lady. Okay. <laughs> it, it fits for me. All right. Um, that's enough of my nonsense. Uh, anything you need to say you want to send out on Mr. Opper? No, I mean, like if, if you are going, if you're going to be at the game, be at Nippert an hour early. Definitely. Not saying that so that you can get in early. I'm saying that so that you can be there for these seniors. Oh yes, the one more than anyone yes. else in the history of the program. Yes, be there for Dez. Be there for Kobe. Be there for all these guys. Came back for us to watch them be. A lot great. Of them, yeah, like eight of them came back for us. Like come right. on, like show up, show out. Let's be there. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think this has been another great episode. Uh, probably one of our better ones. We actually have some uh, guidance in this one. So look at us. Yeah, outline time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you, man. You have a great night. You too, man. All right.